0: Hello. Can I speak to to Marion? Who is this? Hey, how you doing? Uh, I feel kind of silly doing this, but um, this is the Bush, just from the coffee house on MLK and Roosevelt Park. You know, the one with the four C natural. I see you on Thursdays all the time. You come in every Thursday on your lunch break, I think, and you always
1: order the special
0: with the organic chai you' like My to be tripping and stuff. Talking
1: about we got to use some water. But I always
0: use some head milk for you. Because I think you're kind of
1: sweet. Um. How did you get my number? you always got on some fly blue tracks, And your Air Force voice is shining all bright. Thanks. For real though, who so is this?
0: So, uh, look, man. I mean, I don't want to waste your time, but I don't usually do this. And I was wondering if maybe we could get together outside the coffee shop one day. Because I do look a lot different outside of my work clothes. Okay. I mean, I got an art show coming up soon. Yeah, I'm an artist. Maybe you could come out and support? Wait, hold up. My cell phone's breaking up. Hold up. Can you hear me now? Yeah. So, what do you say? Come to my uh, Who All Gonna Be There? Hey y'all, welcome to Who All Gonna Be There, a podcast by artists for artists. We talk cash shit about everything, sometimes we get messy. And it all counts as art because we say so. I'm Mel, I'm black, and a woman, and an artist, and the beat goes on and on and on. This week, I'm a seasonal performer in the Cirque du Soleil, an African American Studies consultant for Emmanuel Acho, and I sell 401 KKK plans for folks who are looking to eventually retire from explaining racism to racists.
1: Yo, what's up? Maximiliano here, the artist, the choreographer, the creative director, the (laughs) podcaster. Um, Shout out everybody. Um, Up to my old tricks, learn some new stuff, learn some new tricks. I'm ready to embrace 2023, the drawing board is blank, the sketchbook is ready, I'm ready to fill some pages, take on some adventures, yada yada yada, (laughs) and as always, as always, for everybody listening, wondering how to support Nat Turner Project, how to support this beautiful art endeavor we've been engaging on since 2016, Um, that's a bunch of years added up, seven maybe um we've been doing this for seven years ntp the podcast since what 2019 yeah um getting it going check out our etsy check out our website naturnerproject.co um that's where you can find out all the information you want about us that'll also lead you to everything you want to find out about us all our streaming platforms um we're on apple we're on Google, google we're on stitcher Um, We got a a YouTube that sometimes we use. (laughs) Um, We got a Patreon that you definitely need to subscribe and support. Support our Patreon. We
0: need you now more than ever. We
1: need you now more than ever. It is cold in those winter months. Um, We got an amazing Book of Sedition that comes out monthly for our subscribers at certain levels. Um, It's going into a 64th issue. We've been doing it monthly for a while now, as you can tell. Um, Get in on it. Nat Turner Project. Um, some big things happening in 2023, which we'll talk about today. Some of them, and some other big things, which you'll find out about later. Mm-hmm. Um, send us emails, comment on our social medias, Y'all reach never out do, to us. But
0: it doesn't hurt to ask.
1: Yeah, you do all the time. Um, we just don't read them. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, come come on down and comment and stuff. Talk about NTP and. Um, Yo, that's how, that's how we do it in podcast time now. All right.
0: Today, we're back. It's just us. Um, we originally had someone scheduled, but life happened. So, you'll have to listen to us talk shit about things, which is one of my favorite things. Um, so, we're going to talk about recent shenanigans and what we're up to. So, first up, it's a new year. We're one month deep now in 2023, and the post is Um, as we like to call it. Max how have you been what are you getting into?
1: Um, I've been good I've been getting into good things Mm -hmm. Um, I've been good to people Um, like I said in the in the previous segment uh, I feel like I've been restarting the drawing board restarting the sketchbook which Mm -hmm. has been fun Um, a little daunting to reimagine the mountain Um, but it's it's new It's, it's a restart i've been trying to slow down even a little bit more um and not just like in, in boring work stuff but even in my practice um as far as like making i've been trying to think more about what i'm making um what else Well, life has been good um i can't complain um minting somebody currently so excited for that mm-hmm. um we got some cool the things i am thinking about my art i feel excited about um Trying to put some distance between the last thing I made and um, the next time I make to like make sure that I've thought about it and stuff, but that feels good. Um, yeah, everything feels good. Um, yeah. cool. How how has your twenty twenty three been, Melanie?
0: Um, it's been super busy. Um, in some in, in some good ways and some bad. I feel overbooked and. Kind of like, I'm doing too much, but I don't know how to slow this train down. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just been like running around trying to finish commission jobs, trying to find time to to do work that's just for me, running a department, and then also teaching. Um, So it's been a lot.
1: Have you had a, a highlight of 2023 yet?
0: Highlight of 2023
1: a January highlight
0: Ooh, yes, a big one We're going to talk about it um, Dream came true of mine um, Something I've been wanting since Like last year um, And we got funding To make it happen, and it's happening
1: Oh yeah, not a bad way to start a year
0: Not a bad way at all Should I just talk about it?
1: Yeah, let's jump into it
0: Okay, so um, Last year I was hanging with um, some folks at a residency, an arts residency, um, and they had these amazing printing presses, um, which I enjoyed working with. And I, like I said, like to the side to to someone, um, I wish I had a printing press of my own. And they were like, "Why don't you just buy one?" I was like, "Because they cost thousands of dollars." and they were like, "Why don't you just get some, like, get a grant to do it?" And that opened up a whole world of possibilities. And from there, I reimagined this idea of like a printing press um, that was funded by grants, where I could have free workshops and then start a print printmaking residency for BIPOC folks. And it was funded in late December. Um, and I got more money than I thought I was going to get. So, uh, late last year was the birth of Black Hole Press, which is Nat Turner Projects' printing press studio, um, complete with a like a state-of-the-art etching press, um, as well as like loads of supplies um, and materials for relief printing for. Um, etching, um, dry point. So I'm just super excited. I've, I've got the, I finalized the workshops um, and the instructors, I've finalized the residency application. We go live at the end of this week with all of it and it's happening. So that has been the highlight of like my whole year, really. I'm just, I can't believe we're doing it. Like, and it started with just like an off hand comment but it's something I never would have considered doing like until it was suggested, so should I say who suggested it, or do you think they would like
1: I don't be embarrassed I', I feel like I would have to know um I don't know I, it could go either way
0: yeah. so I won't <laughs> say who suggested it, but it is it is a brilliant person who does a lot of amazing work around Portland, and yeah, they planted the seed and yeah.
1: Yeah, the super amazing Melanie. Congratulations. Thanks. I know you love printmaking. I
0: do.
1: I do. And love sharing resources. I
0: do. So it's
1: <laughs> nice to combine the two.
0: Um, I want to turn it back on you, Max. <coughs> what has been your highlight of 2023 so far?
1: Um, a highlight, um... hmm hmm um i don't know maybe it shouldn't be taking this long
2: Um.
0: (laughs) it's only we're only one month in so it's okay if you don't have one no
1: there's a few highlights i just don't know which one to talk about or which one i want to talk about Mm -hmm. um but yeah there's been there's been some highlights That um, I'll just leave it at that.
0: Oh, some of them are are they personal (laughs) of of a personal nature? You don't want to share it with these with these strangers. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, like (laughs) twenty, it's it's been good. Um, it's been a good time. Mm. Um, a chance to like slow down more, and I'm starting to ask the big questions. Um, about you know, the future and stuff. Yeah. So trying to figure that out, which I think in the beginning is kind of scary. Um but yeah i think it's important to to start thinking you know about that or at least for myself at this moment um and um figure that out artistically but i feel like that also reflects like life figure that out life-wise and one feeds into the other yeah and then so we'll see um but it's been good maybe it's all been highlights. highlights all the time
0: it sounds like you've been very introspective lately
1: um yeah I guess so yeah maybe Mm. maybe some introspection
0: um
1: Um, yeah wanting to look more inward I've been doing a lot of making and showing for the last few years so thinking um about why Mm. (laughs) 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 um but I think it's good it's good I think um the longer you you think about it the more possibilities you can imagine I think um yeah Because I think, yeah, I think it's really easy to just keep doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah. It is. That's how you fall into a rut. So. All right, good. Okay. Um, you want to talk some shit? Sure. (laughs) I debated whether or not we should put this behind the paywall, but you know what? We're radical. We say what's on our mind. We speak the truth. We're real, right? Super real. So I want to talk about public art, Max.
1: Let's talk about public art.
0: I want to talk about Hank Willis Thomas's The Embrace.
1: Okay, the new sculpture.
0: The new sculpture.
1: Yeah, what do you think, Melanie?
0: Oh, you're asking me first? <laughs> you want me to, to offer the first? Okay, all right. That's an interesting move, but <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Not about the design, which I think is what a lot of black folks were talking about, and understandably so. But my questions are about the conceptual um, piece of this work and like what was behind that. So for the people who can't see it, do you want to describe the statue or the, the, the sculptor?
1: um yeah i guess that's as best as i can it's made out of bronze right mm-hmm. um it's big it's i don't even know how tall it is 20 feet or something oh
0: i'm thinking it's taller than that way taller than that
1: there's probably it's dimensions online floors, that like we could not feet. look up that we're not doing but you can also look this up at home if you're curious
0: hold on i'll look it up
1: so while you're at home look up the dimensions um melanie's gonna be kind and look them up right now um
0: Oh, no, you're right. It's 20 feet tall um, and 25 feet wide. It looks bigger in the pictures.
1: Yo, I saw I've seen like a person sitting next to it. um, And I was like, I think I can gauge that that's 20 feet.
0: See, that's that's why you're the person (laughs) who installs the art. And I'm the person who just stands there confused. Um,
1: This must be 60 feet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's about 20 feet tall, 25 feet wide, bronze sculpture that's um
0: it's 19 tons
1: 19 tons um that's kind of uh i don't even know what shape it is like an up and down circle three-dimensional but it's a pair of arms um from martin luther king jr and coretta scott king um from a famous photo of an embrace um of a hug um and then the, so it's just the arms though
0: but wait a, a, a particular a hug that happened after a particular event though, do you remember what that is what's the event um he had just uh mlk had just found out he won the pulitzer mm.
1: okay so mlk had just um learned how to split the atom as we remember from history books <laughs> 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 got the nobel peace prize
0: okay okay <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> right <laughs>
1: so post pulls for when um yeah kareta scott king and mlk have a hug yeah and then so hank willis thomas um base a sculpture on that mm-hmm. and again just the arms um so the arms and then they kind of like t- connect to each other but again in like a v circle line How is that, how would you describe, describe that shape?
0: Like, I think that you described it as best one can. (laughs) It's It's a series of interconnected arms touching each other. And so, okay. So from that, tell me what you think about the design.
1: You were you were just you were telling us year. Okay, uh, you're all right. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, fine. So, knowing Hank Willis Thomas's previous work, it's very much his style, right? And I understand his style for the subject matter he's tackled in previous work, but I don't understand the choice to have these disconnected, like limbs without faces for this particular work. Also, if you want to depict Coretta Scott King and MLK and this moment of joy and love, then again, why the disconnection? But, and then on top of that, if you're trying to talk or pull Coretta Scott King into this narrative, Why choose it? Why choose this moment where she's learning about her husband's like victory rather than choosing a moment of her own personal victory, you know? Like, what are you saying about like what is defined as a woman's success? And then taking it even further there, what are you saying about what is defined as success? Like looking at the the entire body of work, um, that both Coretta Scott King and MLK have accomplished. Why choose this moment of validation by the Pulitzer Institution or whatever as the pivotal moment? Like, what are you saying about value and what is being valued? So I have a lot of those questions coming up before we even get to the design piece. Design wise, mm, that scale, let's just say there shouldn't be something that has that many bad angles on it. And there are a lot of questionable angles um where it can be misinterpreted what's happening. And I think that's what people latched on to. Um yeah, so that's where I'll start. How about you? How do you feel about it?
1: Um no, I think those are good points about um uh recognizing this moment in relation to Curtis Scott King, um to relation to like Martin Luther King being more like wife than like as an individual person mm-hmm. um i think those are definitely like good points um i um yeah i think so much of it is the way the internet has like m- made jokes about it and like yeah. it's become like memeified. for me like i feel like if i saw this sculpture like outside of the internet's like um making fun of it i wouldn't i don't think i'd be like that bothered by it i think there are additional questions by like making it about this like couple at this like specific moment but I think as like a sculpture like two arms intertwined um and again I think it's hard because like I was seeing images that I thought were the real one but then had been like edited a little bit to like make seem even like more funny and stuff like that so I was like
0: okay I'm sorry interject I was wrong you were right it's the Nobel Peace Prize not the Pulitzer okay yeah good call but (laughs) go ahead yeah
1: um, I was like, maybe he's just racking them all up. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I I feel like, um, it it feels so, I don't know, like such an ordinary sculpture in so many ways that um, I was surprised, like, such a big right. deal has been made um, about it.
0: Max, that's um, all well and good, but I feel like yeah. you're being super diplomatic regarding the design. Um, you're telling me... That if you came upon this sculpture, like, even without internet and stuff, like, from certain angles, I'm not saying you'd be offended, but from certain angles, it does look a certain
1: way. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think that's true of all sculpture. I mean, of, like, <sighs> anything you can see from, like, three dimensions from any angle, be like, oh, that sculpture could look like this thing, or that sculpture could look like this thing. Um. <laughs>
0: this looks like a particular thing, though. From certain angles, though.
1: What's the thing that it Come looks on, like? Come on, Max. I'm just trying to understand that we're on the same page. I mean,
0: <laughs> Leslie Jones of The Daily Show um, said that it looks like someone's going down on someone.
1: Oh, I don't know if I've seen that. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, but again, like, I guess, like, I don't know. I just, it's like, whatever. It's public art. Whatever.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> you're right. When it comes down to it, it's public art it's whatever but like so design wise you just you don't have any real feelings about it I don't it.
1: think it's ugly I don't think it's like necessarily a bad sculpture I
0: don't think it's ugly either I just think that it's it
1: yeah I think that's true I think that's funny um, if that's like yeah, I guess one of the initial reactions upon release that
0: was one of the initial rela- reactions upon um, release
1: yeah I think that's funny um, I guess I'm a little like okay whatever okay um, that's fair it, it felt It feels like such a boring sculpture. It did. It feels so ordinary. Not like boring and ordinary. I guess in both those words, like, it's like, here's a sculpture about this, like, um, I mean, shout out, like, M.O.K. and all he did or whatever, but, like, I think sometimes it feels like, oh, M.O.K. again. Like, yeah, oh, no, another, definitely. another M.O.K. thing. Um, but I was like, of course, like, you know, MLK is cool. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, I, it, felt, it felt very ordinary that way. It felt like, of course, Hank Willis Thomas would do some big public sculpture. Of course, it would be about MLK. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be anything, like, more current or contemporary or still be, like, you know, this one specific figure. Yeah, um, yeah so, I, I mean, I guess that's funny, but I feel like people will forget about it in, like, a week or something if they haven't already forgotten about it.
0: I think they've pretty much already forgotten
1: about it. They're on to, uh, what are they on to now? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about what.
1: Oh, the- <laughs> I guess we will
0: um another part of this whole um controversy which i think is a strong word but whatever for the for this sculpture the embrace is i've seen a lot of like more well-established black artists coming on my timeline and like lecturing folks about their opinions about the the sculpture saying that basically implying that They don't understand art and that it's a brilliant piece, um, and they need to show respect. And I feel like it's kind of fucked up to say, to to tell people they're not allowed to have opinions on public art. Um, And then to also prioritize the opinion of the artist over that of like the non artists. I think that's weird to me. It's a weird choice. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, public art means, um, you know, the public, it's for the public. The public should have an opinion about it. The public are the ones that are seeing it, Mm -hmm. it, um, that are walking by it every day. Um, Yeah, and I think, like, obviously the public is the public. The public isn't this, like, niche art market or academia. So I think it's really interesting and funny, as we've seen, to see what the public has to say about stuff. And, I mean... Like if you don't want the public to have an opinion about your art, I guess don't make public art. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all fair game. Like Hank Willis Thomas is a very successful artist. Like mm-hmm. I think you know if you can't handle the public th- seeing a variety of things in your artwork, then you know I don't know. It's all part for the course. I think he's seasoned, and he's fine.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And I think that's fine. I mean, I think it's all part of it. I think throughout time and any anything has been unveiled, there's probably been people that have made um, jokes about it.
0: True. True. Alright. So, a thing happened. Another thing happened. Tyre Nichols um, was murdered, brutally assaulted, and um by five black police officers um, January uh, January 7th um, and the video of of the murder was released uh, three di- three days ago on Friday night um, which I feel is calculated um, and we'll talk about that. Um, I just think the reactions to this have been interesting, um, both that of white people and of black folks. So, I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's super fucked up. I feel like at some point years ago, um, I felt like numb to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I try to avoid news around it. Um, and... Yeah, like, I think, um, you know, like, on some level, it's, it's, like, the fact that they're all black, um, feels like it just goes to evidence more that the issue is, like, police, and it's not like people have ever been, like, oh, just get rid of white police and replace them with, like, black cops as, the police as an institution, and as, as we know, um.
0: No one has ever said, like, black police officers are the. Are the solution.
1: Right, or that, yeah, like... Especially
0: people. not black people.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly, like, that, like, that there haven't been, since whiteness, it's been around that there hasn't been black people that have been helping to uh, maintain that system, or, like, benefit from the system, as well. Yeah, um, it's
0: ACAB, it's not SCAB. Right. <laughs> so...
1: So I think, I think, on, on some level, that's, like, always important, and it's illustrated here, I think it's so gruesome, like, that the, 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 the story is so crazy it's, it's heartbreaking yeah. um all of it um just even anything i hear about it is devastating um yeah i guess like this is also like in the recent news um amongst a bunch of other cop murders um or murders by police um mm-hmm. a variety of people um again like with the statistics that 2022 was the highest number of police killings on record yeah and how is that possible after 2020 after the change after you know going coming to jesus moment after like all this stuff um i feel like yeah things are worse than ever like across the board in every sense of the word um
0: yeah
1: so i don't even know i don't even know i feel like i get more um despondent every (laughs) every time where we talk about stuff like this yeah
0: (laughs) i mean that's how i feel i feel broken i mean i felt broken for a long time now and it's at this point i'm just like there's nothing left to do like it's all gotta go there's yeah around it
1: i feel like I, it feels all numb and i don't want to like complete things but i feel like this kind of news hits the same way when you hear about like mass shootings yeah. at like events or in schools and stuff like that it mm-hmm. they feel so common or whether a, a six-year-old shot a teacher um it's like it's crazy that this world is normal and that we haven't done anything it doesn't feel like we've done anything to like change any of it mm-hmm. like we take in all this news and it continues and it seems like as, as the statistics shows all continuing to get worse um inflation mm-hmm. um weather is out of control it's like literally it just feels like it's all going to hell all the time
0: yeah
1: and what do we do i don't know yeah
0: I just feel like a lot of the conversations around this are the same tired conversations that we've always been having, and I think a lot of us are just fed up. We're not going to do it anymore. We're not going to explain how the cops being black has doesn't have shit to do with any of it. We're we're not going to explain racism anymore, <laughs> like. Um, and what's particularly insidious to me. And always has been, is the calculated way in which this information was rolled out to the public. They chose Friday night to do this, particularly because of why how news cycles work. They know that if they release it at a certain time, it'll be a slow news cycle. People will have the whole weekend to gather momentum, and by the time it hits the this, the regular cycle on Monday, people. We'll stop talking about it. It's already happened, right? So, like, their plan has worked. Um, And then, meanwhile, like, while they're, before they're even doing that, they're preparing the cities by rolling out all these tanks that, you know, we spend way too much money on, preparing for people to protest. It's just like, what can you do? What can you do at this point?
1: That's what's so ridiculous is that they know when the information becomes public, people are going to be so pissed off that like they called every like cop in the city to come to work and they call in the military is like the fact that they like have this preparation before they tell people the truth before the government is transparent with its citizens is like this is like how you prepare to tell somebody the truth is like why do you need protection from that truth like why is that truth so horrible that you need to like bring out every armed service you have to To protect your property, to protect you, to protect the state, like that. When you know the information is that fucked up, that you're already like planning on bringing that amount of force yeah. for for the way that c- c- civilians, Which citizens, well
0: budgeted for. By the way,
1: yeah, like obviously, right. like not yeah, like Cop City, yeah, um, but like
0: Cop City. Oh my God,
1: the the fact that they're doing this against civilians and like citizens of like the city in the state, it's, like what happened to like the system we lived in of like a, a government that of the people by the people for the people that served it that like i mean to, to know fair, that
0: that was never existed. true for it was yeah. never
1: true it was only true for rich white landowners and i it's, guess it's still, still true, true that way yeah but i think there's this theory of like a way democracy works or a way republics are run away way of a city's responsibility to the people that inhabit the city yeah. um yeah. to know that your dissidents are gonna respond to this information. It's crazy. Like how do you how do you how do you handle that? How do you think you're in the right? Like how do you as like a police officer think like this is like that we're in the right or that like the people are gonna misbehave when it's like y'all misbehaved.
0: Yeah. I mean it's obvious like in order to be a part of that system, there's a there's a good amount of indoctrination that's happening. So by the time they get to that point, it's just routine for them. Right. That's just protocol. That's what's even S-O-P. scarier.
1: That's what's even scarier about it is that this is every day. This is ordinary. Mm-hmm.
0: It's just. It's not going to stop. It's not. Yeah. Not in my lifetime.
2: We're
1: not doing anything to stop it. I don't think. <laughs> fucking the socks melanie i'm sorry super devastating um, here we are because i feel like we've been talking about this for years here we're yeah. like fucking years fucking later and another names adding names to the list that we started in 2016 or whatever it's mm-hmm. ridiculous
0: what do you think about the relative silence of white folks now
1: um i guess i don't know like i haven't really been on social media that much with it and um or like watch yeah like or watch like the regular news in general so I feel like I don't really hear from white people in general Mm -hmm. so I guess I don't know like what they're talking about or what they're not talking about Mm -hmm. um but if they're quiet they probably don't know what to say they're like Mm -hmm. oh they probably feel like they're gonna be racist no matter what they say because like the cops were black (laughs) I think white people are like oh we fucked up if we criticize the cops now Are we supposed (laughs) to support (laughs) black people (laughs) but it's just (laughs) i think a lot of white people are just very confused Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe not confused they're just like more concerned about like not coming off as racist as you know white people's main Mm -hmm. agenda always is like i just don't want to say something racist or do something racist what
0: about all the white people that did all that learning in 2020 summer of 2020 when they read all those books they learned about anti-racism hell, most of them are still pushing the, the diversity and equity inclusion sh- statements that started off the backs of, of those protests.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. They're reading... Um, who's that one lady that people like to read? Um,
0: <laughs> I know you're talking about.
1: Marie Brown and stuff. <laughs> um, they're reading her, I don't know, the drinking wine and stuff. They're fucking back at brunch. Well,
0: what they're is not it? wearing
1: masks anymore. That's what <laughs> white people are doing.
0: Well, what does it say that like supposedly folks are more enlightened than ever about like what's going on they they know they have all this knowledge they have all this access to knowledge but it's worse than ever what is that saying
1: i think it just shows that that yeah there's no that the systems are broken that like white people had like a glimpse into like how black people how people of color live for a little bit how um how like poor people live and then um they couldn't handle it, and now they're, like, back to going to, um, Mexico and being able to dine in and stuff. I mean, they're back to their lives and stuff like that.
0: Business as usual. Business
1: as usual. Um, yeah, I think that's how they're handling it. They, uh, they unsubscribe from the black patron, Patreon, so they unfollow the, the black people that are talking about death all the time. hmm Yeah,
0: I just, I don't, I don't know, like not doing anything doesn't do anything and doing something when we're incited to isn't doing anything either
1: yeah i don't i don't so. think they care anymore i think they're like oh well i tried i'm exhausted i'm i was called a racist no matter what i did and like what well, the fuck ever which
0: i mean technically you are yeah, because I know. of the system we live exactly. in that's just you're just going to have to suck it up and deal with being a racist you live in a racist world and you benefit from racism that makes you racist they
1: don't get it they're like i i support your patreon why am i so (laughs) Uh, why am i so called a racist like i i don't get it why don't i why don't black people make me feel better now this is the thing (laughs) why aren't black people being nicer to me (laughs) don't they understand what i'm doing now (laughs) yeah i don't know i think i think it's it's You know, obviously, like, having the lived experience and understanding how overwhelming and disheartening it is, I think white people, again, got, like, a glimpse of it. It was like, no, thank you. (laughs) Like, I'm good, thank you. Which,
0: honestly, I get that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love being black. I would not trade it for the world um, just because... I just think there's something amazing about being born into this experience in this life and what it gives you in terms of like Your understanding of humanity and your understanding of the world But if I had the opportunity to opt out for a few minutes every week I would take that opportunity just to see what it's like on the other side So I can report back and talk shit about it. <laughs> I mean can i get um good rates on my car insurance that would be nice like could i get a home loan that would be super cool could i get better credit i mean it would be nice instead yeah. i don't have those things so like it is what it is i mean w- would you opt out of blackness for no. a te- temporary amount of time
1: maybe a temporary amount of time just to see but ultimately i don't For think research so. yeah <laughs> I still would rather bring the system down than change myself, I guess.
0: Yes. Oh, so you do you believe that that is possible?
1: I don't know. Um, yeah, I think everything is possible. I mean, I think the the way we exist now hasn't always been the way we exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think there's always been, like, war and exploitation and, like, people taken from other people, but in this, like, contemporary sense... Um,
0: okay, I, I I have a follow-up question. Do you think that the life that you're currently living now warrants the opportunity to bring the system down or do you think that you're actively engaging in perpetuating the system
1: um i think i'm doing both i think um oh my okay. my i think this everything we do act- actively perpetuates the system um having a podcast yeah, um that's
0: true ordering
1: <laughs> ordering grubhub look you don't have uh-huh. to tell
0: our business okay <laughs> That was not necessary. The
1: caviar we spilt. Uh, <laughs> um, the champagne we're not going to drink. All
0: truffle oil.
1: Yeah. What is this for? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure we contribute a little bit. <laughs> um, but I like to think, like, I've been thinking about this more, um, you know, in this last month of, like, my art and stuff like that, like, that I do think art can play an important part about, like, as, like, a, a vehicle or, like, an avenue or a platform to imagine new worlds and i think in order to achieve new worlds like one of the steps is to like take that time and space to imagine it which i do think um is like actively subverting the current systems we we live in daydreaming imagining mm-hmm. other ways of being and starting to think about ways of putting those into place mm-hmm. um like our conversation with uh rashida phillips all that time ago mm-hmm. talking about like how even we can think about time differently i was just
0: thinking about that the other day about how like there are there are ways to like time travel just in terms of like your epistemology and like the way that you think about things
1: yeah i mean it's hard because like we're so entrenched in it and it really does take like a lot of like intentionality to be like to do that stuff but i think it is that 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 taking that time to to make those steps or to have those thoughts Mm -hmm. um which is like weird that sometimes like the better or the the more advantages you have those times the more time you have to think about other ways of being which is like the catch 22 privilege cuz you're like why would i want anything to be different i have all the time to imagine <laughs> today dream you know
0: yeah but. it's those who don't have the time that need <coughs> the time right exactly <coughs> That's how it goes.
1: exactly exactly mm.
0: Well, my heart goes out to the family of Nichols and the families of all of those who we lost throughout my lifetime alone, even. So, uh, including the ones we don't talk about because of our own issues, intercommunal issues. But I won't get into that because that's another conversation. Um, All right, let's talk about Emmanuel Acho and Van Lathan. So as a podcaster, I like to do my research and I do my research by listening to other podcasters, mostly black ones, because that's my field of research for the most part. I am into, you know, black culture, um, black ways of being, um, and mostly just the conversations that we have internally. Um, that are not as subject to the white gaze. So Higher Learning is, I think, a pretty good podcast in that way. Um, And they invited on the show, I think it was last week, um, Emmanuel Acho on to talk about his work. And for those of you who don't know, Emmanuel Acho is a former NFL player who currently hosts a show on ESPN entitled Uncomfortable Conversations. And I think that title tells you what you need to know about that show. Um, He basically just sits down with various folks um, who are making headlines, typically in sports news, um, but not always, about some racist shit they've done. Um, And he attempts to have a civil conversation with them about and talk through the things. So right there, civil conversation. I know that's shady, but like, <laughs> um, um, Emmanuel Acho is black. Um, he is born in Nigeria. He's Igbo. Or his family's Igbo, I believe. Um, but again, he played in the NFL. So he's, he's been here for a while. Um, although he claims he learned about black American culture only when he was playing football. So, for later on in his um, young adult life, which is weird to me, but whatever. Um, Van Lathan, the Higher Learning is a podcast hosted by Van Lathan, um, formerly of TMZ, who's most well-known for cussing out Kanye way back when, before we all started doing it and became cool. Um, And he hosts it with Rachel Lynn Lindsay, who is the first black, Um, Bachelorette um, who has had a lot to say about that whole franchise so they've talked I think Rachel is actually friends with Emmanuel Acho um, but Van Lathan has talked a lot of shit about him and his methods on their podcast so when they brought him on anyone could have guessed that it would have gone sideways Um, but Um, It was just a very, Van Lathan was very frank about his feelings, um, about Emmanuel Acho's methods.
2: I grew up with Black people. I grew up with Nigerian people. I grew up with white people. As a result, I know when white people say, well, racism doesn't exist. I know why they say that. Because I've been in them rooms when they're saying that. Mm -hmm. When I kick it with Black people and they're like, all white people are racist. hmm, I know why you're saying that. All the while, I have the privilege and luxury of not having generational trauma because my parents were born in Nigeria. So, man, my method is removing some of the sting um, because I don't have that sting and trying to deliver a message in a manner that people can receive it, primarily white people. Okay, let me tell you why what you just said offends me. Okay. All right, first of all, there are a couple of things. I grew up South Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, all my classmates were white. I was in the gifted program. All of my classmates were white from the beginning. McKinley High School, gifted program, McKinley High, 80% black school, gifted program, all white. Vans in the class with them, vans in the cl- Vans playing basketball and sports and everything else with the black kids. Mama from South Baton Rouge, all of that. I understand the being pulled between two worlds. I understand the having the insight into two worlds. You saying that you don't have generational trauma and you didn't mean it this way, but the reason, and, and it's I have to name it, you saying that you don't have any generational trauma in some way meaning or that in some way meaning that your delivery method to white people is going to be either more effective or more sanitized is to me dangerous. And let me tell you why. Everybody that you just named and what you're talking about does what they do in different ways. I don't think that any of the things that they do are necessarily harmful. But what I could say is a Black man, a prominent one, acting as an emotional butler for white people and serving them the most milquetoast, unspicy, unseasoned brand of racial discourse and accountability possible could definitely be harmful um
0: I want to pull some quotes um so Emmanuel Acho says and I quote when I kick it with black people and they're like all white people are racist I know why you're saying that all the while I have the privilege and luxury of not having generational trauma because my parents were born in Nigeria so my method is removing some of the sting because I don't have that sting and trying to deliver it in a manner that people can receive it. Um, van Lathan, like if you watch his face, when Emmanuel Acho is saying this, you see, you can see the rage simmering (laughs) underneath. Um, his immediate response was this. Um, let me tell you why, what you just said offends me. You're saying that you didn't have generational trauma and you didn't mean it in this way, but you saying in some way meaning that your delivery method to white people is going to be either more effective or more sanitized is, to me, dangerous. And let me tell you why. Everybody that you just named and what you're talking about does what they do in different ways. I don't think that any of the things that they do are necessarily harmful, but what I could say is a black man, a prominent one, acting as an emotional butler for white people and serving them the most milk toast unspicy unseasoned brand of racial discourse and accountability possible could definitely be harmful like we're fighting for our lives and to me having a conversation like that at that particular time it's not that it's a different method everybody has a different method it's that it's the wrong method so max what were your thoughts as you were listening to the clip
1: um yeah i thought that i thought that was wild um i i definitely see where fans coming from um but i think i like i was telling you off the air i do think there is some truth to um oh what the other person was saying what's the other person's name emmanuel Acho. emmanuel ocho um to what to what he was saying about i do think there is some truth to um maybe white people talking to somebody that's like african about like black american history or like the way like white people have treated like black people Mm -hmm. in america that probably does feel like less tense than if that conversation was with like a black american Mm -hmm. um maybe like some distance or like lack of feeling like implicated or responsible so I, i do think like him saying that is like addressing a truth i think the way he's using it it does feel like gross and like he's like benefiting from it in this weird way yeah Um, But I do think that is, like, that is true. But I think it's weird the way he frames it and benefits from it.
0: Okay. So you do think it's true that white people, and we're going to say Americans here for the sake of argument because we're talking about American media, white Americans feel more comfortable speaking to non-American black people about black American experiences because of the distance from the particular generational tra- trauma of chattels, American chattel slavery.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like always true, but I definitely feel like there is truth to that.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, can we talk about the fact that he is from Nigeria? So claiming that he, has, he doesn't have generational trauma is super fucking weird to me
1: yeah i think that is like the weirder part i but i think like whatever he's on if he doesn't feel like that then like maybe good for him if like he's on some shit to where he doesn't feel that 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 thing that weight, that burden maybe maybe he is on something like i don't know Mm -hmm. like i can't say like you need to feel this or like him saying that he doesn't like to me to like say he's like denying a part of himself like i can't i don't think i could go that far for something but
0: do you think so van lathan is basically saying that this method this delivery method of ocho's where he's like having this very civilized conversation this very like soft-spoken cushioned conversation Around black people dying, um, black people being murdered in the street, um, anti-blackness. He's Van Lathan is basically saying this delivery method is wrong. Do you agree with that?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on like what's the agenda. I mean, I think that show is for white people, so I think because his audience is white people, because his goal is to like. Kind of like meet white people versus like white people, like you know, moving more towards like black understanding. It's like him more just like assuaging like white people more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like for what the show is and like what his agenda is, I don't think it's like a wrong approach, but I feel like for actual like discourse or to like actually like educate white people about like what anti blackness is, I think it is wrong. But I think for, like, what he's doing, which is, like, appealing to a white audience, I think it's fine.
0: So, basically, in terms of entertainment value, you think there's something to it?
1: For white people, yeah. Like they, again, I think I don't think black people are necessarily like, getting much out of the show. I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for them. But I think, like, I, when I watch the show. I don't find it. I think, in theory, it could be gripping. It could be, like, cool to see these conversations. But, like, as said, they're, like, cookie-cutter and watered down and, like, mm-hmm. Again, I think the agenda is for white people to, yeah. to like kind of have taboo conversations, but in a space that's like safe for them. And in like this way, where like Skip Gates is going to be like, "Hey, it's okay that you're related to Pocahontas or whatever." <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think you know.
0: Well, okay. Van later took it a step further, and I think this is where the conversation started to truly. Derail," he said. "Not only was his was Acho's method wrong, but he said it was actively harmful. Do you? How do you feel about that indictment?
1: Yeah, I think I could see that being true too.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, I think that's fair. I think that's fair for for that accusation to be made. I think he is he isn't again he is in the space where I think his goal is to appease white people, Mm -hmm. and that's never beneficial. I think it's only beneficial to the individual, maybe."
0: And even by his own admission, like he has been handpicked by the powers that be because of his supposed distance.
1: I mean, exactly. I think that you you said it.
0: You (laughs) said it. (laughs) Yeah. But is he? Yes, he's been handpicked. Yes, he is in that position. But he was not the one. Like he didn't. The reason why he is there is not entirely him. Like. He's more like a pawn in this system. Yeah,
1: no, I, I think, yeah, like you said, I think he was handpicked because of the way he functions.
0: Right. So does it make sense to be angry at a pawn is what I'm wondering.
1: I mean, no, I guess in that sense, no, because, you know, they're a pawn. But I mean, I guess part of the function of a pawn is to take that anger is to be the. Oh, is to be the 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 shield or to be the the fodder right the pawn is to be the fodder that's what the pawns exist for so of course like van would be upset at the pawn or we all would be at the side of the pawn or not mad at the white executives but that's true of like all every issue we talk about it's like oh yeah it's like white people old white old rich white men controlling everything and pulling these strings but Mm -hmm. we're mad at like the five strings below yeah because that's like what we can like wrap her head around her that's what's been made visible yeah these five five cop pawns right
0: yeah i'm curious to see how that narrative gets framed um about the five police officers
1: yeah that's a trip yeah not surprising
0: not again not not surprising definitely not to black people so i think yeah um i mean hell john singleton had a whole beeline story in um, in his movie uh, Boys in the Hood about that, like, and that was thirty fucking years ago. Yeah, this is not a new conversation. Exactly. So I don't know. <sighs> Let's talk about some happy happy shit because I'm feeling hopeless again. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mike.
1: um so in my in my 2023 in my slowed down happy days um i i've been i've been wondering this thing i uh you know i i feel like i vacuum fairly regularly maybe once or twice a week
0: oh shit that's a lot
1: is it um i like to you know
0: i feel very inadequate i right like
1: now. to be clean and
0: um <laughs> and be
1: suave and all that stuff you know you know what it is. um So I like to keep a clean carpet, um, Mm -hmm. clean carpets, clean rugs, clean curtains, clean life, um, (laughs) clean banisters, um, floorboards. It's fine. Um, so, you know, we have one of those, like, German Dyson kind of vacuums that doesn't have a bag, it just has, like, a bunch of, like, plastic containers and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, and then it was getting pretty full, and I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll, like, empty it out just because, like, I use it so much I should empty it. Um, I emptied it, and then it goes on to this, this, starts this long process of me taking apart everything and cleaning it. And um, Which is nice about this vacuum is, like, you can just, like, wash the filters, and you just have to let them dry. And then you can, like, um, re- re-put them back in. You don't, like, buy new ones or anything like that, so I appreciate that. And everything's, like, plastic and stuff like that, so I feel like it's pretty easy to wash and dry. Um, and then so I washed it, I'm, I'm, I'm letting it dry, I'm out, I'm running errands, and then I start getting giddy, started getting, getting <laughs> really giddy, and I'm like, why am I so giddy? I was like, I'm so excited to, like, for that vacuum to dry, to put it back together, and to vacuum my carpet with the <laughs> a newly cleaned vacuum, but I also, like, developed, like, you know, you know develop like, some attachment to this object now that I, like, got to know it so much better. <laughs> I feel like cleaning it and emptying it and washing it like was intimate and i feel like we like look look at each other differently now um like good way <laughs> things aren't like awkward at the water cooler or anything um but it definitely feels like uh, like a deeper knowledge of it um and then i vacuumed actually vacuumed my carpet today with a new vacuum cleaner and it was amazing oh, wow. it sounded louder than it sounded in a while it was picking up stuff i've never even seen <laughs> i found i found some some florins some ducats some doubloons um it was cool so and then i guess my ultimate question was like i couldn't tell like what this means for me as a person in my own like individual development like is that just nerdy does that mean i'm becoming a full-on adult that's excited by like blankets and sweaters like what does that mean i don't know um but I was a little perturbed mm-hmm. by that sensation. But boy golly, did I enjoy cleaning that vacuum and vacuuming my carpet again. I mean, the answer <laughs> is yes. Yes
0: to all of that. Um,
1: <laughs> Maybe in another life I'd have done like vacuum repair.
0: You're in full-on nesting mode.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>
0: You are keeping the house. Yeah,
1: I do need to buy some new candles. I was like, oh, I'm out of all my good smelling candles.
0: <laughs> I do have a similar story. It's not as involved as yours, but it does not inv- like, I did something that I've thought about in my periphery for a long time, but I've never done, and I finally went ahead and did it, and I felt like this is, this is like, high-caliber adulting. So I use a lot of olive oil in my cooking, Right. And I just buy the olive oil and I use it as needed, right? But during the break, I actually bought one of those um, like bottles with the thing that you pour the oil in. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got that, I just felt so official. Like I was like, "Wow, I'm really doing the damn thing. I am grown now." Like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the food started tasting a little better, huh? It does, it does. I feel fancier. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, chef. Yeah, hell yeah. They they pull it up. Hell yeah, Melanie. Growth. We're all growing.
0: We're all growing.
1: That's good. That's some good news.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right, what else?
1: Um, some other upcoming news that we've mentioned a couple times, I think, on the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our Drinking Gourd Fellowship 2, yeah. which is right around the corner, so we're super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, application, and the words, will be going out soon, uh, depending on when this episode comes out. It could already be out. Um, but yeah, it's going to happen in 2023. We're excited to show at the end of the year. Um, really excited to give out a bunch of money to a bunch of people and connect with the community again yeah and then another update um with our with our studio a lot of activities are happening as Melanie mentioned there's the printing press the printing residency mm-hmm. um but we also are going to start our BIPOC pub viewing at the studio where you can watch um European club soccer games international Ooh. matches you can watch MLS you can watch Liga MX you can watch La Liga you can watch League U you can watch Serie A. You can watch the Bundesliga or the Premier League.
0: I recognize, like, two of those words. <laughs> I'm just going to say that.
1: Um, but, yeah, we'll start posting schedules and stuff like that. We're going to get a kegerator soon, so there will be some brew some brew for the for the games. And um, it will be bipoc Focus central mm-hmm. and um, a cool place to watch some sport ball.
0: All right. Well, I think that's it. That about wraps it up. Just wanted to check in with y'all folks and let you know where we're at. Um, We should have a cool guest next time you hear from us. Um, But for now, uh, we are signing off. Au revoir. Au revoir, I guess. We're speaking French now? Okay. Good night, (laughs) y'all.